0: You are listening to the Stream UK and Allison and Partners podcast.
1: Welcome to the Stream UK and Allison and Partners podcast. My name is Andrew Rogers. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. This is episode 3 of our podcast. Joining me live here today in the London studio is Senior Account Director Ellis Reed, Ellis, thank you so much for joining us. Hi. So today we're tackling the topic of diversity and inclusion, specifically in PR and comms. It seems like it's going to be a lot for us to, to cover on this topic. But I think it'd be interesting to maybe kick off with you maybe telling us a little bit about your opinion on the current state of the industry and maybe also just why it's important that we're talking about this at all.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to discuss this. I think it's extremely important. The results from the recent PRCA diversity and inclusion survey really shows exactly how much of a problem there is within the industry as a whole. You know, we've come on in leaps and bounds in so many ways and then you see other areas that you think this can't possibly be right and we need to make some kind of definite step change to to turn the industry around. As a woman of colour myself, it's very important for me that I see myself represented in the industry that I choose to work in. So I'm going to run through some of the stats that the PRCA have released for 2019. And we always know that PR is a heavily female dominated industry, Um, unfortunately it's not always at the most senior level, Um, I think 67% of PR practitioners identify as female. Which is, you know, fantastic for women. We look at it and we say, yes, this is a career I can absolutely get into. But we're not seeing enough women in leadership roles. You know, we we do get to see a a couple of women uh, get really great senior positions. But there's just not enough at the moment that is giving young women coming into PR the reassurance that they can achieve whatever dream they have as they go into their career and into their industry. But it's not just the gender divide. I think that's important to know um, as well, that we're also looking at ethnicity. And in the UK, 80% of PR practitioners are white British, and just 10% are non-white, which is quite a shocking statistic, in my opinion, given that there is such a huge multicultural and diverse uh, population within the UK you'd expect to see something quite different in in those stats and again it's a case of young non-white students coming up in the industry why would they go into a profession where they don't see themselves but I think the most shocking thing from the PRCA survey was that only four percent of UK practitioners are disabled and um, we're clearly not giving enough opportunity to people that have disabilities, not opening up our doors to them in a way that makes them feel included and um, allows our entire profession to be accessible. Um, And I think that's really important that we showcase that anybody is included and welcomed into our environments. And I would hate to work in an industry where anybody felt like they weren't included and weren't ready to be welcomed and accepted.
1: And there's been quite an increased focus recently in terms of diversity, at least visible diversity when it comes to the media and people who you see on TV, and there's been at least some steps taken in that area. But with PR, I think as an industry, it's a bit more behind the scenes in media. It it feels like it's kind of lagging behind. Do you feel like because PR is quite often not as visible, less effort is sometimes taken or is it different? Is it a bit more structural than that?
0: I completely agree with that you know we are behind the scenes we are the hidden element to everyone's success within mainstream media and so there is less emphasis on companies to need to do better because no one sees them however when you look at how pr is portrayed in the media you know if there's any tv programs or films that focus around pr professionals there's never then an inclusive look at the profession. It's very elitist in media, I believe. It's always portrayed as people who have come from really high class education and have turned that into something that they've created a career off the back of. And actually, we have so many different people within this office as a whole you know, people who did go to uni, people who didn't go to uni, people who went to red brick uni's people who went to polytechnics we are all able and capable of doing the job but if the only people we see represented are the ones that you know went to oxford went to cambridge um, end up working in politics and that's their kind of idea of pr and spin doctors then we don't ever open the door for other people
1: of course the great thing about having the research report that the prsa has put together is that we do have some kind of numbers put towards this and you know as you've identified there's a lot of work to be done and there's a lot that does need to happen but I suppose my question for you is why does it necessarily matter that agencies become more diverse I mean obviously we both agree that it's it's a general good that they should be doing this and it's a moral imperative but what are the other reasons why agencies and in-house teams should be should be doing this?
0: So with diversity comes diverse opinions diverse ideas I think we need to understand that to reach every single audience you need some kind of representation somebody sitting at that table who can say I know that experience I know what it feels like to live in that person's shoes you cannot possibly understand what it feels like to grow up as a homosexual boy in London if you are a straight woman from Yorkshire. There are two experiences that just cannot come together. And the whole point of PR is that we communicate and tell a story. And how can you tell a story that you've never experienced in your life? It's like trying to sit down and write a novel about something you have no idea about and expect it to be good. It's so important that there are people within your team that can talk about the things that they've lived and can bring that into every pitch and every brainstorm. I have so many experiences that I don't understand and I love that I can sit down with my team and talk to people who can bring in all this wealth of knowledge and these, these different things that they went through and it enlightened me about stuff as well. And I hope that one day there are teams everywhere that have that same diverse opinion, that same diverse experience that will bring those sort of ideas to the table. And it's not just diverse opinions and innovation that you can bring to a team. Research itself has said that more diverse teams are more productive. There was a recent survey um, and they talk about the fact that ethnic diversity can boost UK economy by £24 billion a year. And it's just It's exactly that, that if you have all of these deep, rich experiences coming together, your team can do more. You know, you're not held back by your own limitations. You actually become part of something that is bigger than you and is part of this massive multicultural and diverse and inclusive and everything is overlaying one another in the world. And you can actually become an extension of that rather than just something that exists in your own echo chamber.
1: I suppose it's also interesting to explore where having non-diverse teams has led to, well, really quite bad results in terms of the campaigns that they produce. There are plenty of examples you could point to in terms of campaigns that were really either insensitive Mm -hmm. or just couldn't be taken seriously in terms of what they were trying to do. And how far do you think a more diverse team can can tackle that? And I suppose also, if we're providing advice for certain teams where it might just be one or two people in-house, what can they do to make sure that they're pulling in a more diverse input into the project?
0: Talk to people. I would much rather somebody came to me and asked me, is this okay? Than to just feel like they should just steam ahead and do it and it actually ends up being quite insensitive. Yeah, I mean, we've seen so many examples in all types of life where You can just tell, if there'd been somebody at that table who'd said, actually, (laughs) that's not going to work, and people are going to find that quite offensive, they would have held back on it. But it's exactly that. If you've never experienced it, how can you know? And I almost feel a little bit sorry for people, because if they don't have that understanding, can we really hold them so accountable for those decisions they've made? Absolutely, the decisions that they made were wrong, but if there was nobody there to inform them, then I feel like, you know, that's a, that was a bigger thing. There needed to be somebody there and that might not have been their fault. That might be the people who are above them and hiring and they should have brought someone in there to ensure that their team was as inclusive as possible.
1: Well, and you also really touch upon one of the issues that comes along with diversity. And quite often we package these things up and talk about diversity and inclusion or or DNI. But the important thing about that is there are there are two parts to it. The first part of course diversity and actually having people with differences in the room. But as you say, people also need to be listened to, otherwise these campaigns will still fall into the same same problem. So what can agencies do and what can organizations do to make sure that they're not just hiring people who are diverse but also including them in the process and including them in campaign proposals?
0: Obviously you can't just bring anybody into a room just because they are different or because they have different views and or because they have some diversity that you think will add value. You know, that person who you bring into the team should be brought in because of their value as a PR professional, rather than we're bringing them in because they're, they're diverse and we need to be seen to be doing something different here. But being very conscious of, your hiring processes, being very conscious of the skills of the people that you're bringing into your team as well, I think is really important. People talk about doing blind interviews in order to really open up the pool of, of people. Something which fascinated me was when orchestras did the same thing, they went from 5% to 25% women within their orchestras. And it's because you know people tend to hire people who they look at and they recognize themselves in them. So ensuring that the team that you bring together is diverse is the first step, but then making sure that those people have the necessary skills, I think is the second step. So whether it's training up people who need to be at a higher level and being able to, to have those conversations and having, fostering an environment where people feel like they can talk and feel like their opinion will be valued. I think a lot of the time people feel scared to open their mouths because they don't feel as if anyone will listen to them or they don't feel like their opinion is valid. And as long as you can create within your agency a team of people that know that they can say something and someone will listen to them, whether it's to say, that was a great idea, but you know maybe not for this time, um, or say, that's great, let's see how we can build on that. Anyone should be allowed to speak up and be heard, whether you're an intern or whether you're a director. And that's the most important thing, I think, in how you create that diverse and inclusive environment.
1: And a lot of people listening to this podcast will be, will be listening along and and they might not necessarily see themselves as being in a group that doesn't necessarily need extra help, but they agree with the goals and the aims and they're 100% on board. Mm -hmm. And so for them, I suppose the question is, how can they be a better ally and how can they use potentially their position they have right now to support more diversity and inclusion in the industry, but also in a way that brings the right voices to the foreground?
0: Yeah, I mean, fantastic. We love allies. We love people that are supporting the cause because, it's, it is, as long as people recognise how important it is, this will help move the industry along so rapidly and it will be amazing. I think that people need to help others be heard and use their platform to hold the wider industry accountable for stuff. So if you see perhaps somebody is overlooked for something or not being listened to for any reason you know, race, gender, religion, ability, sexuality, anything, we need to stand up and say something about it. It might seem scary to stand up on your own and fight for something that maybe outwardly you don't look like you form part of that, but it's more important that other people from outside of this this problem are standing up for us and making us feel like we're included.
1: So in terms of hiring a more diverse workforce one of the kind of excuses that's often thrown around is that people don't feel like they necessarily always have the candidates that they would want to fill those positions and that while the will is there they're not carrying it out. Now there's a lot of question marks as to whether or not that is the case or just be using as an excuse but I suppose there's also this wider question of how can we encourage more people at a younger age? to be considering comms and PR from different backgrounds. And I want to get your thoughts in terms of what we can do in terms of intervening perhaps a bit earlier on.
0: Absolutely, that definitely is a problem. PR has become something that a lot of people don't feel like they can be part of. It's portrayed as this elitist profession in a lot of instances. People just don't even understand what it is. I mean, I I don't know how often We've had the conversation around well, what is PR? And there are so many explanations and so many definitions. When I was studying my PR degree, it's the same that my teacher basically said there is no pure definition for PR, which is helpful. But if we can't even define it in that instance, how are we going to attract people to the profession? So I think actually, from a much younger age, PR should be seen as accessible, it should be seen as something that anyone can be part of, and it doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, you will be welcomed and accepted within the industry. So, I don't think I ever saw PR as a profession growing up, the only reason I knew PR existed was from ABFAB, and that wasn't exactly (laughs) a glowing (laughs) representation of the industry. And again, so why would somebody look at that and go, that looks like a genuine career I could get on board with and my parents will be proud of what I'm doing. And so there needs to be a perception change of the of the profession. You know, there's been a lot of bad PR around PR. We're seen as spin doctors or people that come in and hide the truth and stuff. And I think, and this is probably even talking about the career being accessible to everyone, not even just diverse people, but how do you make people from a younger age realise that this is important and we need to be going into schools, we need to be getting in there early and talking about actually how rewarding and what a great career it is. So sending people from your senior management team into universities to talk to people and say, you know, ask us questions, ask us what it is that we do, getting people to come in for work experience, for example, as well, and try it out and just see whether or not it's for them.
1: Do you see the PR industry going in the direction of needing more specific campaigns that are targeted towards groups that have been underserved in, in the past? Thinking, for an example, with a lot of the brands that now do a lot more work around Pride, for example, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is in some cases to, to jump on it as a kind of a new audience that's kind of potentially been of, of consumers that hasn't really been tapped into into in the past in a major way. Do you think the brands are finally waking up to this? And, and if so, are they needing more voices in the room because the kind of campaigns they run are fundamentally different today from the ones that they would have run 10, 15 years ago?
0: Exactly that. There are new generations of people coming up as consumers, buyers, heads of procurement, CEOs, like these are all the people making purchasing decisions now. And they are completely different to what they looked like 50 years ago. They act completely differently. They like completely different things. And if you don't have campaigns that are tailored towards those people, and how can you have campaigns tailored towards those people unless you have someone in the room who empathizes and understands? that person's journey you'll never be successful there is no way you can create campaigns that are successfully geared towards our up-and-coming target audiences unless you have people in that room coming up with those ideas that are part of that journey as well and it's really important and i don't think people quite understand that just yet
1: so we're almost out of time but just before we wrap up a quick question on where you would like to see the industry in 10 years' time?
0: So I want to look around any agency anywhere in the world and see a much more inclusive team. I want to be able to look at a team and say, you have all these amazingly skilled people who have come together and they happen to be very diverse. You've got people from all walks of life, from all experiences, and all these people are coming together to create these amazing teams that can do anything, essentially. I think we're not there yet. We are making steps, there's no doubt about that, but we still need to work harder to ensure that our team's a representative of the population. Our team should absolutely mirror what our consumers look like. And it doesn't make sense to me that they don't.
1: And on that note, Alice, thank you so much for thank- joining us today. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much to you at home for listening. And make sure that you stay tuned to The Stream UK. It's the best place to get all the analysis and insights from the team here at Allison & Partners in London. If you like this podcast, then make sure you subscribe. We're on iTunes and Spotify. And you can always get the latest episode right here at alisonpr.co.uk forward slash stream. Thanks for stopping by.